Hello, this is Josh Christman, pastor of the Anchor Church of Cambridge, located in Cambridge, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life that God has called you to live. Praise the Lord. Ezra chapter 4. The book of Ezra chapter 4. And we'll start reading it in verse 8. I feel like I have a word for some people in this place this morning. Amen. Ezra 4. Verse 8. The second year of their coming unto the house of God at Jerusalem in the second month began Zerubbabel, the son of Sheatiel, and Jeshua, the son of Jozadak, and the remnant of their brethren, the priests and the Levites, and all they that were come out of the captivity unto Jerusalem. Is somebody playing video games? sound like King Kong or Donkey Kong. You know how long it's been since I played a video game? They say when you when you become a man you put away childish things. That now that went over like a lead balloon. I got an idea. Delete the games off your phone and put a Bible app on it. And all they that were come out of the captivity unto Jerusalem and appointed the Levites from 20 years old and upward to set forward the work of the house of the Lord. Then stood Jeshua with his sons and his brethren, Cadmiel and his sons, sons of Judah together to set forward the workmen in the house of God. The sons of Hernadad with their sons and their brethren the Levites. There was a work going on out the house of God. They were in the process of building. Rebuilding what had been destroyed. And when the builders laid the foundation of the temple of the Lord, they set the priests in their apparel with trumpets and the Levites, the sons of Asaph, with cymbals to praise the Lord after the ordinance of David, king of Israel. How many know the house of the Lord is a place of praise? Clap your hands to the Lord and thank God for his word. And they sang together by course and praising and giving thanks unto the Lord. How many know singing is part of what goes on in the house of the Lord? Somebody say amen. Are you thankful for the songs and the music this morning? Go ahead. Give our praise team a hand. Because he is good for his mercy endureth forever toward Israel. And all the people shouted with a great shout when they praised the Lord because the foundation of the house of the Lord was laid. But many of the priests and Levites and chief of the fathers who were ancient men that had seen the first house when the foundation of this house was laid before their eyes wept with a loud voice And many shouted aloud for joy. So there was was two things happening. There There was weeping of the elders of the ones who had seen the former house that had been destroyed. And there 
were shouting for joy of the people that were building the new house. Somebody say amen. So that the people could not discern the noise of the shout of joy from the noise of the weeping of the people. For the people shouted with a loud shout and the noise was heard afar off. I want to preach to you this morning on this subject, the weeping of the past versus the shout of the future. The weeping of the past versus the shout of the future. I wonder if we can lay our Bibles down right now, right where we're at, lift our hands unto the Lord. Just begin to pray to him, God, we need you this morning. Lord, we're thankful, God, for your word. We're thankful for your spirit that we feel in this house. We know, Lord, that you've brought us to this point that we might hear your word, understand your word, and apply your word. God, I pray that you would bring deliverance through your word, God, to your people. God, I pray that you would minister, Lord, in only a way that you can. We need your anointing this morning, Lord. I pray that you would anoint, God, this congregation, Lord, today to hear and understand your word and anoint your messenger this morning, Lord, to preach your word. And God, will give you all the praise, all the honor, and all the glory for everything that's accomplished. In Jesus' name we pray. Clap your hands to the Lord and shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Hallelujah. Somebody shout hallelujah. Be seated in the presence of the Lord. Amen. We pick up this story this morning in a time of transition. Time of transition between two houses. Amen. The, the first house being the temple of Solomon in Jerusalem and the second house being the second temple that was built in place of that which was destroyed by the Babylonian Empire in Jerusalem. Amen. They, they rebuilt the temple and to, in its place. Amen. There was a transition taking place. Amen. Between what was and what will be. Amen. There was a, a transition taking place between past and future. Amen. How many know that somewhere between the past and the future is our present? Amen. Somewhere between where we have been and where we're going is where we're at right now. Amen. Where we're at right now is not necessarily where we're going to end up. Amen. But how many know that we're on a journey, come on, to become what God has called us to be. Amen. And I believe that the work that he has begun, that he will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Amen. How many know that our God is a God of work? He's a God of workmanship. Come on. He's, he's the potter and we are the clay. There's a plan in mind. There's a work in progress. But I want to encourage somebody this morning that where you're at is not where you're going to end up. Come on, don't be discouraged by where you're at right now because God's got a plan for your life. Somebody say amen. Amen. Solomon's temple, the former temple, was a temple of great beauty. Come on, it was a temple of wonder. Amen. There was people from all over that would come to see the, the Solomon's temple. Amen. They, they would come to see the temple that Solomon had built for the Lord. Amen. How many know that his father David had a desire to build a house unto the Lord? Amen. He desired to build a house unto God, but God told him through the prophet Nathan, you're not going to be the one that builds the house that I want built. Amen. It's going to be your son Solomon that's going to build it. You're a man of war and you got blood on your hands. You're not going to be the one to build it. Amen. But David said, I might not be able to build the house, but I will gather the material to build the house. Come on. How many know? 
I want to tell you this morning that the, the work that God's doing, it's not a one generation at work, but it's multiple generations. Come on. It is a generational work that God does. He used the generation of David to gather all of the material, to gather everything that was necessary to build the house. But it was the generation of Solomon that took what David had laid forth and began to build what God had purposed. Come on. How many know that this, this work of God, it's more than just us right now. It's those who have gone before us and have laid the foundation and we have picked up the work that they have begun and there will be a generation after us that will go further and beyond what our generation exceeds. Somebody say amen. That is the desire of God. It's the desire of God for us to increase every generation, to grow, Lord, in capability, to grow in faith, to grow in power, to grow in wisdom and knowledge and understanding and to grow in ability. Come on, this work of God is not one that starts small and stays small, but the work of God, that's one that starts small and becomes mighty. Come on, it's one that starts small but becomes a kingdom. How many know he started with just Adam and Eve? Come on. He started with just Abraham, the father of faith. And out of Abraham, he produced Isaac. And out of Isaac, there was Jacob. And out of Jacob, there was the 12 sons of Jacob. And out of Jacob, there was Judah. Come on. And through Abraham was produced a nation of Israel. Come on. How many know that through the process of time that God birthed out of one man a multitude of people that are born by faith through faith in Jesus Christ. We have all become the sons of Abraham. The promise that he promised Abraham. He said that through your seed shall all the nations of the world be blessed through the multitude of the stars in heaven. And as the sand on the seashore, so shall thy seed be. I come to testify this morning. It started out as just Abraham, but it ended nations and multitudes of people that have come under the revelation of Jesus Christ. Come on, it starts small. Amen. That's why the Lord said, don't despise small beginnings. Amen. Because it starts small. But God didn't purpose it to stay small. Come on, somebody. We got to get a hold of God's way of thinking and understand that his thoughts are above our thoughts. His ways are not our ways. And his thoughts are not our thoughts. Like the heavens are above the earth, so are his ways higher than our ways and his thoughts than our thoughts. I don't know about anybody else in this room, but I want to get a hold of the mind of God. I want to get a hold of what God is thinking for my life. Come on. I'm not going to look at what's happening right now and, and try to... Try to limit God for what he can do with my future because the God of heaven can take me and multiply me and bring increase to my life to make it become great. Somebody say amen. God wants to bring increase. Somebody say amen. amen. The temple in Jerusalem that Solomon built was mighty. Amen. It was, it was a wonder of the world of that known time. It was... It was, a, it was a demonstration of their love and their adoration and devotion to the God of heaven. Amen. People from all over the world would come and see the temple that Solomon built. Amen. The inside of the temple of Solomon, Solomon it was built by cedar, but it was overlaid with pure gold. Amen. The walls and the ceilings and the floors Amen, was made out of pure gold. Come on, I don't know what it cost to build the Solomon of Temple, uh, the Solomon's Temple, but I do know that it was a lot. Come on, I know that they poured everything that they had into building the house of the Lord. They poured everything that they were into building the house of God. They poured their effort and their energy. The stones were hewn out. Come on, and they were they were hewn out off the property and brought onto the property when they perfectly fit in the place that God had purposed. Come on, it took it 
took a strategy. It took a plan from God. It took an effort from the people. It took giving. Come on. It took them giving of themselves and of their talent and of their treasure and everything that they were for that temple to become what it was in Jerusalem. I want to tell you today, if we're going to build anything for God, we're going to have to take everything that we are and pour it in to what God wants to do. Somebody say amen. Somebody say it was great. Hey man, it was a it was a beacon. It was a beacon on the earth. It was a meeting place for God's people. Amen. The, the, the holiest of holies was a place where the, where the presence of God would descend upon the mercy seat on the Ark of the Covenant when the blood was sprinkled one time a year from that sacrificial lamb and it would, it would satisfy the, 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 what needed to be paid for that year for the sins of, the, of all of the people of God. Amen. It was a place where God would sit with them. It was a place where God would minister to them. It was a place where, where they would fellowship with the presence of the Lord. It was a beacon to all of the countries and the nations round about because when a nation makes up their mind, they're going to serve God. And when a people makes up their mind, they're going to do it God's way. How many know God will elevate that nation? God will elevate that people. God will lift them up as a light in a dark world. Amen. But any nation that forgets God. Come on, somebody say amen. Any nation that forgets God, the Bible says that nation will be turned into hell. Come on, any nation that forgets God, God will forget them, amen. But as the people of Israel continued worshiping in the temple of God, their hearts began to be turned from God. Amen. Solomon the king with all wisdom and understanding and more wisdom than anybody ever had before Jesus came. Come on, how many know that he began to turn his heart to all of his wives? He had a lot of wives. Somebody say he was married to a lot of stuff. When you marry somebody, you take on who they are. You don't just marry them, you marry their family. If their family's crazy before you marry them, guess what? They're going to be even more crazy once you really get to know them. Somebody say amen. Elbow your spouse and tell them he's talking about you now. How many wives did Solomon have? 700. Somebody say that. Wow. 700 wives. He began to take on. That's a, that's a, a very large undertaking. Amen. He, he, he had 700 wives. That means he had 700 opinions. Because every woman I know, come on. I was always told that opinions are like armpits. Everybody has at least two and they stink. <laughs> Never heard that before. Well, remember that. Because opinions don't really matter. Come on, opinion is a preference. Amen. He had, he had 700 wives that began to drag him away from the one true God. Amen. Amen. Every one of his wives came from a different people. Come on. They, they, they came from different nations. Come on, to, to form alliances with, with Israel. Amen. He married these, these women that began to bring in their gods into Israel, amen, and he began to entertain and tolerate the gods that they brought in.
Amen. Amen. Because if you're going to marry me, you're going to marry my God. Come on. If you're going to marry me, you're going to do it the way I want you to do it too. We can do it your way sometimes, but sometimes we're going to do it my way. But I want to tell you that this morning there's only one true God, and his name is Jesus Christ. And if it don't fall under the umbrella of that name, it's false doctrine. But Solomon began to compromise what he believed and compromise his way of living and compromise how they were using the temple. Come on. And compromise what they had built once to be used for a one true God became a a city or a municipal for any God that that he was married to. I come to tell you that, that, that Solomon and all of his glory and all of his wisdom fell prey to something that we all fall prey to. Come on. He was influenced by the ones closest to him to drag him away from the one true God. He was influenced by the people that he allowed to be a part of his life, not only just as a friend, but he married them and went into covenant with them to to, to share his life with something that he knew was false. I come to tell you, I don't care how strong you are. If they don't believe in God, they will never believe it. Come on, if they don't believe in God before you marry them, you can't depend on them doing it after amen he was uh, he was led away somebody say he was deceived amen there was a lot of things going on in Jerusalem that were, it was never purposed to be Amen. There was a lot of things happening that, 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 and I don't care how beautiful a house is. I don't care how well it's built. I don't care what the, what the detail of the, of the makers and the skill that they have to build it. Come on. And it's even if, it, if, the, if the initial purpose was to build it for God, I don't care how great a structure is, a church is, a nation is. When we turn away from the principles of God's word and we start doing it after the gods of this world, I want to tell you that destruction is looming. I'm not a doom and gloom preacher, but hear me this morning. We need to get a hold of the word of God. We need to get it in our families, get it in our hearts, get it in our schools, get it in our city buildings. Come on, we need the word of God to rule again. Amen. That was the, the one of the greatest uh, uh, venues, one of the greatest places on the world in the world because of the blessing of the Lord that was on it. But when the blessing was removed and the protection was removed, all that was left was destruction. How many know it's because of the disobedience of God's people that opened the door for the Babylonian Empire to come in and destroy what they had built for God? on somebody you don't have to you don't have to uh, let your standards go very long before you realize that destruction's coming come on you don't have to let down your guard very long before it, you realize that the path that you're on is going to lead you a place that you never wanted to go come on uh, uh, Solomon didn't even dream in his in his wildest dreams that that temple would ever be destroyed but I come to tell you that when we we disobey when we disobey the commandments of God and when we turn ourselves over to serve the gods of this world it's uh, I've come to tell you that destruction will come come on how many know that the the, the enemy of this world. He comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Amen. He comes to steal from you the things that God has put in your heart. He comes to kill your relationship with God, and he wants to destroy your soul in hell. Amen. Nevertheless, that temple was destroyed. Every stone was thrown down. The house of the Lord was taken, they stripped it of everything of value they burn it to the ground come on they stripped because because God's people fell out of love with what they had built for God it was destroyed amen great devastation, how many know they were taken captive, 70 years they were in Babylon somebody say amen 70 years, somebody say that's a long time. They were taken captive by the 
by, by the Babylonian Empire. They were Not only was the house of God destroyed, but the whole city was, was pretty much destroyed. And, and the people that, that were living there were taken captive and held captive by the Babylonian Empire. No, no way of escape, no way of returning to Jerusalem, no way of becoming. And the people that, that were left in Jerusalem were left there with devastation. Come on. They were left there with destruction. Amen. They were left there with, with, with trying to rebuild their lives and rebuild what had been destroyed. I come to tell you when things are destroyed, it's hard to muster up enough strength to rebuild. Somebody say amen. So it just sat there. Let me say it just sat there. Nothing happening. It's just staying there and it ruins There were some people from from uh, where a lot of the Jews had been taken. Nehemiah, one of the one of the ones, and and he was under Cyrus the king. And Cyrus the king, he was the cupbearer for the king, and he was a Jew. Amen. He had his family had been taken captive. Amen. And he had he had come up under the reign of the Babylonians and, and he had come up under Cyrus. And Cyrus was the king and he was the cupbearer and some people came from Jerusalem and they had brought news from Jerusalem. They were, they were Jews and they had gone out and they had seen the destruction and how Jerusalem fared, amen. And they came back to, to and, 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 and Nehemiah asked them, he said, what's going on in Jerusalem? What's it look like? How, how bad is it? And they began to tell him, of all the stuff that they had burned, they had knocked down the walls. They had burned it with fire. And, and he's like, tell me, destroyed. It just lies in waste. And the people, the people that are living there that, that, that escape, the people that are living there are desolate. They're having a hard time surviving. Amen, Jerusalem's in a bad way. And the Bible says that Nehemiah began to weep because of the d destruction of the things that had been torn down. Amen. The, the, the condition of Jerusalem in that day, amen, uh, when it came to the ears of Nehemiah and he began to picture in his mind of the destruction of a city that was once great, of a temple that was once a beacon, come on, of a people that was once the greatest on the earth, amen, they had been brought down to a people that are to servitude and people that have been enslaved by other empires and other nations and Jerusalem was laying waste and when Nehemiah heard it he began to picture in his heart of, of all that had been done and all that had been suffered and he began to weep I want to tell you today we need to weep over the condition of our country we need to weep over the condition of our schools we need to weep over the condition of our families we need to weep over the condition of our children when we hear about the devastation of sin and disobedience to God. We need to understand that if we turn our hearts unto the Lord, that he will once again turn to us. Come on, if we turn our hearts in repentance to God, he will once again turn his ear to our cry. Amen. If my people which are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven. I will forgive their sins and I will heal their land. Come on, church. We need to understand the condition of our nation and our city. It might be bad now, but we need to take reckoning of it and understand that we have the power and we have a voice with the King of kings and the Lord of lords and he can take an impossible situation and change it. Somebody say amen. All he needs is one. Come on. All he needs is one that cares. All he needs is one that has a burden for the lost. All he needs is one soul winner that has a burden for those that are lost and going to hell. And he can turn a city around. wept and went before the king and his countenance was sad and the king said Nehemiah what's going on man you're not usually like this you're usually happy what's going on your countenance sad because 
He couldn't fake being happy anymore. He couldn't fake being happy anymore. Amen. When he heard the news, it got a grip on his heart. And he began to pray, Lord, is there anything that I can do? Is there anything that I can do? Somebody say, is there anything I can do? Is there anything that I can do, Lord, to change this around? Amen. Is there anything that I can do? Amen. How many know that that God had placed him in the position that he was in? Because he had a voice with the king. Come on. He had the voice with the one that had the ability, had the, the means, had the ability to change the situation in Jerusalem. Amen. He began to tell the king, yeah, I'm a Jew and and I heard got news coming from Jerusalem and the walls are knocked down and it's burned with fire and it lays desolate and there's nothing there left and, and I have a desire to, to, for, for, for Jerusalem to, to be a city again and I have a desire for, for the temple of the Lord to be constructed again so that, so that our people have a place to worship. Man, how many know that the king granted him his petition? Sent him to Jerusalem with a credit card with no limit come on somebody amen he gave him the means to buy all of the lumber and everything that they needed to to resurrect Jerusalem amen sent him on a journey to rebuild somebody say rebuild what had been lost Amen. And so uh, then Nehemiah goes on his journey and he shows up in Jerusalem and he begins to assess the damage. This is the Cliff Notes version. Quick version. Begins to assess and talk to the people and tell them this is what we're going to do. We're going to work. We're going to build. We're going to rebuild the walls first. Amen. We're going to start on the walls. We're going to rebuild the walls. We're going to we're going to raise it back up. Amen. We're going to raise it up to where it once was. Come on. Because before we build the house, we need to build walls. Amen. How many know a city without walls is in a dangerous place? Come on, a city without walls, anything and everything can pass through. A city without walls is is easily passed by and easily overtaken. Come on. But how many know if you have a city with walls, before they can destroy the city, they got to breach the walls. Walls are not meant to keep you in the church. Walls are meant to protect you. Come on, the walls and the standards that God has raised up, come on, they are put there for a reason. We cannot allow our walls to be taken down and broke down. We cannot allow Hollywood to dictate how we live and how we talk and how we walk and how we dress and how we think. We can't allow it. Come on, we got to have standards in the church. We got to have protection. Come on, because anything and everything will try to pass through your mind, pass through your life, pass through your family. But I come to tell you, if it's got to be filtered through the word of God, it'll have a hard time getting to me. Come on, we need some walls. Somebody say, we need some walls. They rebuilt the walls first. Somebody needs to contemplate that on your, on your devotion with the Lord. What walls do I need to build? Come on, it's purposed by God. Amen. They begin to rebuild the walls and work on the, on the temple and, and do all the work that, that they had purposed. But there was adversaries that came against them and tried to frustrate the purpose of God and frustrate their purpose in building. Amen. Try to keep them where they were at. Come on. How many know that anytime you try to build for God or anytime you try to do a good work for the Lord, there's going to be an adversary that tries to rise up and stop what God is doing. But no weapon formed against us shall be able to prosper and every tongue that rises against us God will condemn. For that is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. And I claim and I declare it into the atmosphere this morning that every work that God has started in this place He's going to perform it. He's going to erect it. It's going to be great like he said it was going to be. And everything that he has purposed, come on, it will not fall short of all that he has purposed. Come on, every adversary is going to fall by the wayside. God's going to make a way where there seems to be no way. They say this is not a time for revival, but I declare this is the hour for the greatest revival this world has ever seen. Amen. 
Amen. They began building and there was there was oppression and there was adversaries that came against them to stop the building, to stop the work. Amen. That God was trying to do. They got the foundation laid. Man. Somebody said they got the foundation laid. And that was a great feat. It took them some years to be able to get to that place with all of the opposition that they had. The Bible says that they laid the foundation of the temple. Amen. It was just the, it was just the, the groundwork. Somebody say the groundwork. Man, how many know that you can tell the size of a building based on its foundation? Man, you can tell pretty much not all the detail of it but you can tell the size and the dimensions that it's going to be based on the foundation because however big the building's going to be that's how big the foundation has to be come on and the greater the structure the deeper the foundation come on somebody amen how many know that when they laid the foundation they had made progress somebody say progress it was not there yet but they had made progress. It was not the end result yet, but they had made progress. Come on, somebody. They had, they had, they had taken some steps forward. They had gained some ground. Am I preaching to anybody this morning? They had made some progress. They had grown a little bit. They had gained some ground. Amen. And they gathered all of the people together to, to, to praise God for the progress that they had made. Some of us think that we need to become perfect before we praise God. No, no, no. We need to praise God for progress. Come on. Praise Him for progress, not for, not for perfection. Amen. I'm not going to be perfect until I go over yonder and be with the Lord. Come on. But I'm making progress in my life. I'm growing in the Lord. I'm becoming. Come on. This is just a foundation of where I'm going. I'm not there yet. This is not the end result. I'm still growing in God. Elbow your neighbor and tell him, don't judge me when I just got the foundation. Man, don't just judge me based on the foundation and what you see right now. God's doing a great work. Don't judge this church based on what you're seeing right now. God's doing a great work. Come on. The foundation has been laid. The foundation has been constructed. But God's still working. God's still moving. God's still saving. I come to preach to this church. We're moving forward with the Lord. Amen. Making it hard on me this morning. I say amen. The foundation had been laid. Somebody say the foundation is important. Vitally important to the structure. Amen. It can't become what it's supposed to be without the foundation. The foundation of the apostles and the prophets. Jesus Christ being the chief cornerstone. Everything that we build is built upon the teachings of the apostles and the prophets and with Jesus Christ, everything lining up with Jesus Christ. The foundation has been laid. Come on, somebody. The foundation has been built. God is waiting on us to get a revelation and a vision of what he has for our future so that we can move forward with construction of a house built for his glory. Somebody say amen. Clap your hands to the Lord. He's worthy. They had come to the place. They had, they had built the foundation. They had rebuilt. Somebody say rebuilt. Because the last structure was destroyed, they had to rebuild. Amen. You know rebuilding's harder than just building? Because in order to rebuild, you got to remove all the trash and rubble and all the stuff that was left behind by the destruction. You got to clean it up and you got to 
begin to build again. Somebody say build again. And lay the foundation about all the Because that's something to, to praise God about. I didn't get one amen. They began to play and sing and worship the Lord. Amen. They began to lift up praises unto God. They began to play their instruments before the Lord and worship God around the foundation that they had built. Come on, for the Lord. Amen. But there was mixed feelings that day. This was supposed to be a day of joy. This was supposed to be a day of vision. On is supposed to be a day of future. Somebody say amen. It was supposed to be a day when we're thinking about what God's doing and where he's taking us. But the, 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 the congregation that day was divided. Amen. Half of the congregation was thinking about the past. Come on. Half of the congregation was thinking about what once was. Half the congregation was thinking about what had happened to that great temple of Solomon. Come on. They, 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 they still hot hadn't gotten over and accepted the fact that that which once was was destroyed. Amen. They were still wallowing in self-pity and wallowing in grief and regret about what had happened before and what had brought the destruction upon. And they could not be happy about what God was doing because of what had happened. And they couldn't praise the Lord for what was about to happen because of what had happened before. I come to tell this church, it's time to lose the weeping. It's time to lay down regret. It's time to let go of the past and get a hold of what God's doing now. Amen, the older generation, the ones who saw the greatness of Solomon's temple, they wept at the foundation of what was being built because they thought that that which was being built was going to be less than what God did before. But he said the, 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 the latter house will be greater than the former house. I want to tell you this morning that what God's going to do in your life is going to be greater than any regret or grief that you had from your past. Amen. There was a generation coming up that had a vision of the future. Come on. They had a plan from God. They had a word from the Lord. They had an anointing from God to build and to rebuild all that had been destroyed. But the, the, the former generation couldn't let go of what had happened and the failure that had taken place. I want to tell somebody, before you can move forward, you got to let go of the failure. Before you can move forward, you got to let go of what's been destroyed. Before you can move forward, you got to let go. I don't know who you are or where you come from, but you can't go back and do it again. You can't make those decisions again. I can't reach back into my past and do it all over, but I can let go of my past, get it under the blood, and start building for my future. Clap your hands to the Lord and magnify the King of Kings. Stand to your feet all over this building this morning and lift your hands to the Lord and thank God for what he's doing today. Come on, lift your voices unto God. Lord, I'm thankful for your working in my family. I'm thankful, God, for your working in my church. I'm thankful, God, for the working, Lord, in our city. I'm thankful, Jesus, for all that you're doing, Lord, and all that you're rebuilding, God. weeping of the past versus the shout of the future. There's a battle going on. There's a division between the influence of our past 
in the vision of our future. You know, everybody look at me, everybody look at me. You remember when you were young? Some of you are still young. Those days are gone, Matt. We're not young anymore. Every time I go to act like I'm going to buy something, Luke says, Dad, is that a midlife crisis? I say, maybe. That's all right. When you're young, you have such dreams. You remember dreaming about what you're going to do and where you're going to go what you're going to accomplish and do great things. Anybody remember that? And you, you look back on your high school yearbook and a lot of people wrote their dreams in the back of their yearbook or whatever and, and what they were going to do for their future. And You look back at that and you're like, what happened to that guy? What happened to that girl? Because once there was a great dream and a great ability to dream for something big, but then all of a sudden things happen in life and you begin following paths that you never thought that you would follow and doing things you never thought that you would do and transgressing the laws of God and all of a sudden destruction comes to your world. It's not God that wants to destroy us. Amen. When we do wrong, we open the door. Somebody say amen. And after you've had some things destroyed, you think, I can never be right again. Nobody's ever thought that. I guess I'm just, I made my bed. I'm going to have to lay in it. I'm never going to be able to get past where I've been. I guess I'm just going to have to settle with where I'm at. That is a lie from hell. That is a lie from hell. Let the church say amen. Because the future that he has for us is bigger than our past. It's greater than where you've been and what you've done and where you've failed and the destruction of all that's been destroyed in your life is nothing compared to what he wants to build in your future. But we cannot allow the voices of the past, the regret of the past, the thoughts of the past, the mourning of the past, the weeping of the past to overtake the shout of the future. Amen. Because our future depends on what voice we listen to. Our future depends on what voice prevails in our life. And I want to tell you, I, I'm living in a generation right now that wants what God has, that wants the call of God in their life, that wants to move forward with the Lord. I don't know about anybody else in this building. I have failed tremendously in my past. I have failed so many times I can't count. But 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 God has picked me up and he's put a hope in my heart and give me the ability to reach for my future. Come on, just because you don't have it yet doesn't mean that it's not available to you. It might not be in your grasp right now but it is within your reach. It's within your reach. 
Won't you lift your hands to the Lord right now? Somebody needs to silence the voice of your past. Amen. How do we do that? We, we come to God in repentance. Come on. We lay foundations of repentance. Baptism in Jesus' name and the infilling of the Holy Ghost. We lay the foundation of God's Word and the gospel of Jesus Christ in our lives. Come on. we got to lay aside dead works. we got to lay aside the past that led us to destruction. we got to lay aside failures and where we've been and where we didn't measure up and all the regrets we have from decisions we've made, things we did do and things that we didn't do we got to get past all that and realize that I have a future and God's going to start today come on he's going to put a shout of the future in my heart because God has a plan God has a plan Come on, lift your hands to the Lord. Lift your voices unto God. He's not confused. He's not confounded. Come on. He's he's willing to work with you. If you're willing to lay aside, come on, and reach for him. Come on. Somebody needs to do that this morning. Why don't you run to this altar? Why don't you lay down your past? Why don't you say, I'm not going to listen to the voice of my past any longer. I'm not going to listen to the weeping of my past, but I'm going to reach for the joy of my future. we come as a family to the altar today? Why don't we lift our hands to the Lord today and let God begin to move in this altar? Come on. Why don't we take a step forward today signifying I'm moving forward with the Lord. I'm not satisfied with where I'm at. I know it's just a foundation. Come on. Don't judge me for where I'm at, God. I know where, that you're working in my world and I place my life in your hands, Lord. I'm going to move forward with you. Come on. I'm not going to listen to the regret of the past any longer. I'm going to let loose of that in repentance. Come on. Tell God you're sorry. Tell God you didn't know what's going to happen that way. Tell God that you want to turn from those things and turn from those things and begin to reach for God. Come on. I reach for my future. Come on. Come on. Reach. Lift your hands to the Lord. Reach for it. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Come on, I'm laying down that old life, and I'm reaching for the new. I'm laying down those mistakes, and I'm reaching for the righteousness of Jesus Christ that's gone through his blood. Come on, I'm laying down dead works, and I'm reaching for God's will and way in my life.
shall be anointed, come on, with fresh oil, with a fresh revelation, with a fresh hope, come on, with a fresh touch of the Lord, with a fresh song. I'm not letting go of my future. Come on. I'm reaching for him. Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church of Cambridge podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up with our weekly sermons. If you are in the Cambridge area, we invite you to join us on Sundays at 11 a.m. Again, thanks for listening and we hope to see you soon.